much, Lord. It's good to have each one live streaming this morning. And you know, I think uh, this whole virus and everything and what's, uh, what's the meaning and what's, what's it doing, but uh, you know, I don't think it caught God off, uh, uh, off guard. I don't think he was all of a sudden like, oh, uh, the devil pulled one on me there. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, no, I think, this is, uh, I think this is all part of God's plan this morning. And this morning, let's open our Bibles. I uh, got a couple of scripture reading this morning. And let's read this. Uh, let's start with uh, Romans 8. Uh, and let's uh, start with uh, 35. You know, it's, uh, if there are nothing else, uh, how many has a better desire to attend church to this morning than you did four months ago? How many has a more desire to shake your brother's hand, hug his neck, than you did four months ago? What's more important is your job, uh, going somewhere, doing something. What's more important this morning than church to you this morning? I think our uh, priorities have changed. I know mine has in the last uh, three or four months. So Romans uh, eight thirty-five it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no COVID-19, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let's turn over to... Uh, Philippians, Philippians 4, and let's start with uh, uh, verse 4. So rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, how many needs peace this morning? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have, both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Can you say amen? And one more, and we'll turn it over to Brother Randy. Let's go back to Romans 8, and let's verse 28. And I like this one. We've heard it all our lives, but it means more to me today than it ever has. It said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. God bless you this morning. Brother Randy. I just want to start by saying I, I miss a full crowd of people to sing to, and it's hard to get up here and and realize that we are having church, even though the, everybody ain't here with us this morning. But all I ask is you just join in the song service. Uh, let your neighbors know we're having church this morning. The rain is coming, I see it in the distance, the wind is blowing too, 
I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've got a
start a service this morning. Our subject has been on the kingdom. This is number 13. I should have said 12a maybe or then skip to 14. But this is 13. And we want to uh, move our subject just a little and look at the subject this morning, why the squeeze. Now, if you're familiar with the message, you understand in some sense the direction that we're looking at. But we want to look at this subject of why the squeeze. Now, I watched a little bit of news this morning, and I noticed down in uh, Texas this big banner that two people, a woman and a man or two women, was holding up. We will, Texas will not succumb to the mark of the beast. And they were protesting because they were not being allowed to return back to work. We will not succumb to the mark of the beast. And I imagine most of the people look at the mark of the beast in the sense that we will not be able to buy or sell. So they are referring this shutdown or the government to that light that they're not being allowed to buy or sell. Well, number one, to understand the mark of the beast, you'd have to understand what the beast is first, according to Scripture. And we have two notable beasts mentioned in the book of Revelation at the end time, which is chapter 13 and chapter 17, one being Rome, which is Catholicism, and one being America, which chapter 13, which represents Protestantism, our civil and ecclesiastical power. So the beast in Revelation was basically the papal Rome is that beast that was wounded with a deadly wound and was healed and turned into papal Rome. Then you had a protest and we got Protestantism. So there has been a division of Protestantism and Catholicism now for all these years. And now we're seeing according to the Bible it said that they will blend back together and become one beast and give the power back to the dragon which will be Rome, and basically chapter 13, America, would cause those who would not be able to buy or sell. So we look at that as far as merchandise is concerned, and that's not our part this morning, the how is when we'll get to that part. But it may not be, be able to buy or sell commerce or to go over and buy groceries or go and buy and sell products of which there is no end to that, even through the tribulation, they will be buying and selling products. We've got to understand that the mark of the beast in book of, uh, book of Revelation is spiritual warfare. It is against Jesus or against God and Satan. So the things that we're looking at is the spiritual kingdoms 
one of Satan, one of evil, one of light, one of darkness, battling each other. And that warfare has been going on here uh, ever since the Garden of Eden in the minds of man. We see that battle all the way through the beast in the garden, all the way through to the beast of the end. And it has always been pertaining to election or the battle against the revealed Word of God, which is truth and error. So the mark of the beast will actually be a contention over the true revelation of the Word. If the mark of the beast is denominationalism, which it is, organized religion. Organized religion is a group of people who believes they understand Scripture a certain way. They form a belief or a faith structure around that. And they denominate or they cause all the members to be able to see that doctrine in that specific way or you can't be a member. So denominationalism is basically a concept of the Word of God or the interpretation of the Word of God called their faith. Every system has what we call their faith. When you ask someone what church you go to, you say, well, what faith are you? They say, well, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Pentecostal. Or they uh, use some term or Lutheran or whatever. Knowing that by the name, they have a, you have a concept of their fundamentals or what they believe the Scripture teaches. Like in justification, Nazarene, sanctification, holiness, Pentecostal, legalism, conduct, dress, and Arminianism. And the Baptist, basically, by grace are you saved through faith. We have all these different faiths. So a denomination is only a controlled thinking or an interpretation of the Word of God that they call the faith by which you are saved or a revelation of where you're going to go into the future. So denomination is basically a battle against the Word. Every system is basically off of the Word because God hates organized religion. So basically you're looking at a uh, struggle now that's going to come forth against the true revelation of God that is brought in this hour that we call perfect faith or revealed faith. Now, though there's a difference, and people understand it means different things, but we believe now that we've had a messenger in this hour, a prophet, and he brought us a message, and basically this prophet is misunderstood because he used different terminologies and different words of which almost every minister has an opinion or a view of what those words meant and the outcome of them that they're supposed to be. And we have such words as basically the first pull, second pull, and third pull. Now, if you're not familiar with the message, those terminologies and those phrases won't mean much to you. But first pull was a healing revival. The second pull was the discerning of the heart. The third pull was the opening of the word or the revelation of the seven seals by the seven thunders of revelation. So we use the term third pull is a term Brother Branham used to distinguish an allotment or a stage or a phrase we were in the steps of Abraham coming to a perfect faith or the realization of God Himself. So when we talk about vindication, uh, most churches don't talk about vindication because they believe that their education, their doctors of degrees has proven that their doctrine is right. And they need no vindication because they don't believe in prophets. But when God sends a prophet, He also sends vindication. Vindication means 
that like Moses, when he struck the rock, water come out. When he spoke to the Red Sea, it parted. Therefore, Moses was vindicated to be the prophet or the instrument of God for this hour. And furthermore, it was not the manifestation of the Red Sea or the manna or those things that we call exploits of faith. It was what he told them to be the truth or the revelation of God or God's Word is what the major thing was all about. And we find people always has a problem accepting the true revelation of what God tells them that He's going to do or basically most sense what is not, we should not do, but the outcome of God, the promises of God. So we want to look this morning at a phrase, a word, that is called the squeeze. And if most ministers listen today, they'll know what you're talking about. They, most of them have already preached on it many times through the years. Because every time some event comes back, we say, well, this is the squeeze. I believe that this is the event that we're going through now if I was a prophet, but I'm not, if the prophet was here, he would tell you exactly what step of faith, what this was all about, what promises it fulfilled, and it would probably be contrary to our thinking. But if you'll just give a thought now what's happened in the last four or five weeks, very shortly. Every Christian church and almost every religion, for the last four or five weeks, every building has been empty, except allotment of 10 or some in the parking lot. Now what event or what power could cause every church in America and around the world in four or five days to be empty? Now there's no army could do that. There wouldn't be no uh, forces could do that. Russia could land. We'd pick up a rifle. We'd shoot at every door and we'd be gathered in the basements praying whatever more for God to help us. But it wouldn't close our churches. But very simply, you notice now, there was a spirit, even among us, that there was no resistance. 25 years ago, we said, well, we, we believe God, we're going to go. I don't care. We're going to go in hell. They throw them in jail. I just preach in jail. La, la, la. We just automatically said, well, if this is what they want, if this is going to keep people from dying, getting sick, well, then we'll just stay home. And now the church has been empty, what, the last three or four weeks. And we have no, basically, real... Uh, view or statement of when they're going to open the churches because uh, they got the bars, the gyms, and everything else on the list, but no churches yet. So I'm under the opinion if Lowe's can open and 10,000 people, I had to stand in line an hour and a half to get in Lowe's, and I go to Walmart and I go in there and the parking lot is packed full, you can't get a parking spot, and I can go to different places, but I can't buy a gallon of paint. And I can't buy a sandwich except they come out the door with the mask on and hand it through your window. I think someone is controlling something that's not really controlling nothing. In other words, going to church is not going to be any more exposing people than going to Walmart or to Lowe's. But there you're going to go buy the natural food and hear the spiritual food. Now people will get in line and put on the mask and go buy the natural but they seem to be able to be willing to stay home and not by the spiritual. I do not believe this is cause or this is what we are calling the mark of the beast or in actual natural instances, the squeeze. But it is a step of faith that is bringing the squeeze, showing uh, and changing the attitude of our minds and thinking, programming our spirits because of the event so basically we will move right into the squeeze, right into what they call the mark of the beast. 
And many people has already received the mark of the beast or the seal of God. That's nothing new coming. You already have one mark or the other on you, period. So if this condition is bringing about a condition that I believe that will move into what they call the squeeze. But remember, if the squeeze is an ecumenical council or religious, there has to be an economic condition that will give them the power to do what they're going to do. So I want to look at this term a little bit this morning and see if the Lord will open our understanding and basically remove all fear from us. And that is looking at the word squeeze because it is tied to what Brother Bram called the third pull. And the third pull we know was the opening of the book to open our understanding to the mysteries that was hidden here by seven seals and seven thunders for under those thunders was the mystery of the one true God and his son Jesus Christ the only begotten son or the correction of the Godhead and the great mystery revealed to the Gentile church was the secret of the rapture how God was going to do it and when he was going to do it so those two mysteries are hid under the seals if the seals has been opened, and we believe in 1963 they were by a vindicated prophet, vindicated by what we call the seven angels that form a cloud. And then we had the uh, series on the book of the seals open to us to give us a revelation of the mystery of iniquity, which is now being exposed. We see Satan at his work and what is coming. But we also received a promise of God to an elected group of people, those that were predestinated had their names written on the Lamb's book of life, and they did not know it, they would be made aware of their position and who they are and what they are in Christ by a divine revelation given to them by Almighty God and nothing else. When I talk about a divine revelation, we know that basically only revelation comes through the means of a prophet. Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord our God will do nothing until He reveals His secrets to His servants, the prophet. And His secrets are... Steps are stepping stones of faith to bring you to a completion or what we call perfect faith, full fruitation, harvest time, back to seed. There's a lot of terms there that uh, paints the same picture. So this morning we want to look at the why the squeeze. I always use a little word why, when, and where. Why the squeeze, where the squeeze, and when the squeeze. But then we'll look at why the squeeze and then how will the squeeze come according as we can understand by the Scripture and the Brother Branham. So let's look at the time where Brother Branham used the word squeeze. He used it several places, one pertaining to Jesus on the cross, where basically Jesus was squeezed that the life in Him could come forth out of it, basically that absolutely justifies us by His resurrection. We talk about, he talked about the lily. The lily is squeezed to get the opium out of it. So when he spoke of squeeze, he always made reference to it squeezing something that's in you, bringing out the real and leaving the stalk and everything else behind, bringing out the true spirit, and let's call it bringing out the true revelation, your true soul, your true you, bring that true person, a son of God, out into exposure or what we call manifestation or being unveiled. We're looking for... And God's looking for a faith. They said it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please Him. 
So we know that we're looking at the faith of Enoch, which Enoch basically by faith was translated to walk with God and was not because he had a testimony that pleased God. In other words, if it takes a faith to please God, Enoch had a faith that pleased him. In other words, his faith was expressed by a testimony. He had a, he had a confession of, I believe, that his confession and vindication was the pyramid. And his revelation was basically the complete plan, the statue of a perfect man of God. And his confession was that he was going to be translated, and he was. He walked with God, and he was not. God had to divinely, by foreordination and predestination, choose this one individual and give him this understanding within him. He knew something by God inspiring him and revealing to him God to man. No one else taught him. It was sovereignly given to him by God, and he brought out within him what God had given to him. Paul said he went to the backside of the desert, and God gave him a direct revelation of what God was going to do and how he was going to do it, pertaining to resurrection, immortality, and what we call the rapture, the kingdom millennium, over to the new Jerusalem. And basically, he had that revelation that we call the gospel, which is the power of God to save our souls. So the gospel or the revelation of Paul is the power of God unto salvation. And salvation, we're going to look at, is completely by grace or unmerited favor, as you would call it. It is basically true, sovereign predestination of children of God. Amen. You say, well, God knew who was and who wasn't. We're saved by choice. God knew who his children was, and he knew his children wasn't. You're not saved by any works of your dome, but by the grace of Almighty God. And we want to see that that divine revelation is what is called Faith, our true revelation in this hour, our revealed word given to us by a prophet that we call the message of this hour. So I want to read here one quote. Brother Ram used this one phrase, as far as I can find, one time. And we want to look at what he said here in just a minute. I don't know whether, well, we can put it on the board or not. But look, so the prophet made a statement in 1963. Now, this is shortly after the seals. Get used to things, don't you? I mean, this automatically... Think. 1963, I believe it was in Look Away to Jesus, and every, every preacher has read it in this last two or three weeks. That Brother Man made a statement pertaining to the Council of Churches. You notice he is not talking about the government, he is not talking about uh, the economy here, causing us not to do what we're doing, but he's talking about the Council of Churches putting a squeeze on the true believer. So we want to look at that statement. So when you talk about the squeeze, the prophet used that term pertaining to religion or the council of churches putting a squeeze on the true religion, which is to him was his revelation that he has now given to the body of Christ. I, I know when you preach what Brother Ram preached, it sounds like, uh, he was saying, I'm this, I'm that, what are more, look at me, look at me. And that's exactly what he was saying because I believe that he had a direct revelation of God. He was God's mouthpiece in this hour as far as I am concerned. My job is not to tell you what I think he said, but just get as close to his mind of what he did say and believe it. 
We say a lot of things that we don't understand until later on that we keep saying it over and over until it becomes a revelation. I believe the prophet was given a revelation. Paul was given a revelation. You and I receive a revelation by hearing. Let me see if I can put it this way. If a preacher would stand or a teacher would stand and teach you certain mechanics over and over, which was revealed to him by God, and through reputation and basically confession, our minds would absolutely come to a state that would open up an understanding to us that we would call revelation. Now, he said you can memorize Scripture, you memorize quotes, more, more, that's not it, but it's got to come to a soul or an inner uh, understanding whereby you know this is what God said, and you know by this that you are a part of it. Revelation makes you a part of God. So we're looking at that union or that invisible union that no one can put their finger on. So let's read the quote and see if we can glean, glean a little bit out of it. Watch. So in paragraphs 38, and look away to Jesus if you want to look in your, at home on your books or notes. In 1963, he said, now watch. Uh, now, so now I'm going to say something to you now that I haven't said all along. And that is the thing that we have looked forward to for so long. Now, if I go back into 53 or back in the early 50s when Brother Brown started Faith is a Substance, follow all the subjects that he preached up to 1963, I don't know much that he hadn't talked to us about. Uh, he talked about everything. He said playing jacks to rook cars to fingernail polish to going to movies, ball games, shorts, hair, tent. I mean, if you, if you can think of it, he preached it against it. So all we know from up to 1963 is don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. Law, 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 law. Sanctification, sanctification, sanctification. And then he said, you're not getting it, you're not getting it, you don't have faith. And everybody wonders, what was we not getting? From his first sermon, and faith is a substance, Brother Bam said, the church does not understand faith. So he's trying now, since 1947, the first sermon, trying to bring forth a revelation or understanding to us that is given to him by God. Trying to get us to mechanically see or to receive his word for it. Knowing that if you said only what he said and hold to it and believe it, that it would work itself out step by step until it becomes a revelation or an inner knowledge to us. Okay. So he says this. Now watch. And this is the thing that we have looked forward to for so long, for at least many years now, four or five or even maybe longer. Now remember, he just got through looking and preaching the seals and seven thunders, which all the visions of birds and uh, the creating the squirrels and all these things that he talked about pointed to, pointed to, pointed to, because he looked at the seven thunders as a witness or a vindication that he was the messenger or the Elijah ministry that was to come to restore us back to the original faith of the fathers 
and the original faith of the fathers on the day of Pentecost that everybody's preaching you got to get back to was when God himself actually come down in a pillar of fire, separated himself upon each individual, giving a lick of himself or a a measure of the Holy Ghost himself, God himself separating, becoming one with you. But remember, they sat there and didn't have one ounce of word to use it by. So if you're going to get back to Pentecost, what word are you going to use? So back to Pentecost, when Brother Brown said back to Pentecost, back to Pentecost was when God was come down, was present and separated himself and gave a part of himself to every individual. And then he called the apostle Paul out that was a scholar in the Old Testament. Give him a divine revelation of his gospel of grace to the Gentile, a new covenant, bringing forth the gospel of salvation, which basically then by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that lick of fire that they had, would be able to receive it and manifest themselves as sons of God. So I believe that we could say this. Now, what has Brother Brown looking forward to, especially the few four or five years leading up to the seals? I believe he was looking at basically what he called the revealed word or the revelation of the seven seals, which he looked for contained the mystery of the rapture. The rapture was the great doctrinal sermon, the last one he preached before he left the scene. And the rapture was the element that all the church was confused on. And he understood all along that his ministry was 1 Thessalonians 4.16. That the Lord himself has descended from heaven. He was Malachi 4 in a great and dreadful day of the Lord. To bring forth the complete element hid under there. Like the steps of Abraham. There was another step to go for the immortality. There was a step under the seventh seal of one true God and his son. Water baptism. To bring us to a perfect faith or a revealed faith that would absolutely change our bodies. Now that revealed faith has come to you by prophet. We know that when you are born you are given the measure of the faith of God that we call a soul or predestination. That is a gift of God, which is promised by the water baptism name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But even that faith, or what we call the new birth, must be there to receive this element of revealed faith to make your faith complete to manifest who you really are. Watch. If he didn't say that, why would he kept saying all the way through 1965, when the bride knows who she is and what she is, she will do the greater works. And the greater works now, remember, is not the exploits. Everybody wants to go back to Pentecost. It's not the exploits. It is basically the divine revelation of God's will and ways. It was only real to be able to Moses at that time. But his ways of what he's doing with the revelation that you are a part of it. You are a son and daughter of God. You are predestinated. You have the word of the Lord. And you have a submissive spirit to that God that is present, and you let Him finish it up for you because you know that you can't do one thing to bring it to pass. Now, I'm going to use that term, which is not in the Bible or not used by Brother Branham, but it is a term that we use today in modern language, and people would use the language or they have the understanding all the way through, but they didn't use it. We'll call it a passive faith. Grace, sovereignty, election, predestination is a passive faith. 
It is something made known to you that you didn't have to do. You didn't work it out. You didn't study it out. You didn't put it in. You didn't fast it down. You didn't pray it up. It's absolutely, I see it. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was absolutely revealed to Peter by God himself. Now that element is what Brother Branham is preaching all the way through using Jesus upon this rock I'll build my church. He's looking at revelation. God revealing to you a part of himself that was once a mystery. And we are the end product of that mystery. Meaning that the mystery of iniquity will bring us together to understand who we are. We will not take the mark of the beast which is rejecting the revealed word of God. We will say amen to the word. For we have been taught one word off is Satan's kingdom. That any man then according to passive faith. Which is always I say is doctrine. Passive faith is doctrine. The hardest thing is here to sit here for these last 25 years. Teaching, 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 teaching. As simple as we know how. But it's boring. Repetition, repetition. That's the only way that we're going to get revelation from a prophet. Down to our heart, to the stage where it will manifest what it's here to do, and that end product is resurrection and a rapture. It's nothing, I used to think, I used to pray and fast, pray and fast, and basically you get an order on Sunday, you think that's, that's, what, that's what brought it. Used to fast and pray, one out and two, son had that meeting, and the spirit moved, and people come, demons cast out, and they said, what are you, what are you doing to do this? We always think it's something that you have to do uh, to be able for God to do something. It is not. It is simply coming to realization, Lord, I can't do nothing. If you'll exercise the gift of the faith to get me out of the way and let you use my body, then you can do something. So faith is a submissive spirit to the will of God that's been revealed to us. Watch, watch. Now watch. Now. What have they been looking for, forward to the last four or five years? I believe it was the seven seals and the thunders now, which is already passed to us. Remember, everything now is past tense. Revelation is past tense. When it's revealed to you, or you say, oh, I see that. Oh, that's what that was. This is how it's going to be. This is why. This is when. This is where. Then it's already past tense, but the understanding comes to you to make you realize that you and God, the Word, is one. You are part of it. In other words, the Word said, I'll send a Ma uh, uh, Malachi 4. Brother Branham got a revelation. He was Malachi 4. It was revealed to him he was Malachi 4. Therefore, he understood who he was and what he was, so he could do what Malachi 4 promised to do. And that was preach the presence of Almighty God. And God vindicated that his message, revelation, was true by backing up his word. People looked at the exploit. They looked at the miracle. Look at the blind girl in Jonesboro. They look at all these little things. Brother Bram done. Brother Bram done. Every exploit was only to try to assure your faith that what he told you was the truth. Nothing that he done will get you in a rapture. No miracle. You can talk about miracles all the day long. You can point to miracles. Oh, we need this. We need it. None of that will get you in a rapture. Because you've got to bring Matthew 7 in. Didn't I preach? Didn't I cast out devils? Did I do all these wonderful words? Prayed the poor. On and on and on. But he said, I never knew you. 
You're no part of me. So if he never knew you, you was not predestinated in his mind before the foundation of the world. Your name was not on the Lamb's book of life. But if your name is on the Lamb's book of life, that spirit word that you are will make you aware of the word in which you live in and let you know that you are the fulfillment of that word. You are the manifestation of the word. Now, so, let me see if I can pick it up here. Watch. So he's looking longer for it, which is the revelation of the rapture. He called now looking for it. Uh, no longer. He said, the third pull... Now, the third pull has now been vindicated. All right, so what is the third pull? Because in 1963, he said the third pull has been vindicated. Well, the third pull was the opening of the seals, the opening of the word. They called, they called it the spoken word. And when you use it that term, nine out of ten uh, people will go back to the tumor. They go back to the squirrel. They go back to the storm. They go back to the exploit. The exploit or the sign only points you to the voice or the direction. The revelation in the seven seals or the sign is the message or the mystery element of God that you are to get. They got to the sign, but they didn't follow the directions to get to their destination. Watch now. So he said the third pull has now been vindicated. The presence or the appearing of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, the Lord has descended from him with a shout, has now been vindicated by the opening of the seven seals with, with the great revelation of one God and one only begotten Son. Now, that's my statement. How is the third pull vindicated? The revelation of the seals. Now, if you've been around as long as uh, some of us has, which has been a long time, for the first, uh, since back in the 70s, Late 60s, early 70s, especially in the 81, 82 in that area. The great debate around the message. They had meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. What is the third pull? Is the third pull here? Is the seals open? What is the thunders? Even in the message, they was arguing and wanted to see what that was. They haven't grasped it yet. Seventh seal is not open. Probably 75 or 80 percent of the message churches, and especially the ministry, Steele does not believe that the seventh seal has been revealed or opened yet. Because they said, well, Brother Bram said the seventh seal was the coming of the Lord. He hadn't come yet, so it's not open. <laughs> but we understand the coming of the Lord there as the perusia of Christ or the presence, which we call the appearing. Basically, he had to come to open up the other six seals because if the uh, six seals had been revealed, the seventh seal had to be here to do it. So we've been through that many, many times. He said, now watch, and I'm sure you all know what it is. How many really knew what it was? Brother Ben said, I'm sure you know what it is. What is it? Revelation. Understanding. He said, now watch. I'm sure that you know what it is, and, and I believe that he's making reference now to the cloud, the angels, and the Seven seals being preached in consecutive nights. He's looking back to that event as a transition now. From the second pull to the third. He's bringing you out of the Pentecostal age into the bride. He's bringing you out of the Pentecostal age into the kingdom. He's bringing you out of the atonement into the Feast of Trumpets. Every type is showing you that he's putting you in the last stage, the last phase 
of immortality for the cycle to what? For the revelation that he brought as the shout to be able to be taught, repeated, whatever more, going through the steps until it comes to seed or revelation in the body. And then the product of that manifestation would have to be a resurrection which is caused by God's presence here and a change of our body going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we have nothing to do with it except what's already in you. We already have. We have within us everything that is coming. We already have it. Mm. That's hard to grasp, but it's, that is the absolute truth. Now watch. He said, now remember... There will never be an impersonation of that. Well, we know that we have impersonation of raising the dead because we have ministries uh, on TV all the time proclaiming that they raise the dead. What's this uh, preacher, uh, Andrew Warmick? Every sermon on, the, on his books and on TV, he always tells you about raising his son from the dead and five other people, four other people he's raised from the dead over and over and over as a testimony of the faith of God to heal and to raise the dead. He's talking about a faith with expectation or manifestation, active faith. He's calling about a faith that actually brings in existence, manifests itself. So we know that he's talking about something here. Watch. There can never be an impersonation of that. Impersonation of what? The devil can copy every gift, copy every power ministry. He can do everything except create, and he can give you everything except a divine revelation. Satan cannot give you a true understanding or revelation of the Word. Neither by scholar, neither by school, neither by prayer, neither by any denomination. Not memorization, nothing. Only God sovereignly can give you this revelation called, I'm going to call it passive faith, or what is called revealed word. Revealed word, and then unrevealed word, if I can put it that way. Luther, Wesley, Pentecost. Then you come to the fourth light, as we've preached on the series before we stop. The fourth light was God Himself. All right? He is God the Word. The fourth light brings you a revelation of Himself. That fourth light is revealed Word. Unveiled Word. The unveiling of Almighty God. The, the Word of God revealed. Those sermons. The quickening power of God. Invisible union. So in other words, until a certain event happened in the steps of faith in the body of Christ, there was an unveiled or unrevealed word that was still hid to, let's say, to Abraham. But he didn't stagger at it. But the famine now, economy, took him off into another land where he shouldn't supposed to be. Lied about his wife, on and on we go, because he didn't have the complete understanding of how God was going to do it. Are you following me now? He understood God said he would. He understood why now by a covenant was to populate the earth, but he didn't know how, that's a part of our lesson we'll get to, how he was going to do it. So not knowing 
how he was going to do it. Brother Branham took you through it. He went to Hagar. He went down into uh, that king's land, lied about his wife, on and on, whatever more, until he come back and God visited him right at the end and basically, let us say, opened the seventh seal to him, opened up the time. He opened up how he was going to do it. And this time next year, you will have the manifestation of your revelation because Sarah will produce a child. How many knows that our child that we're going to produce, our son, is basically the son of man, prophet word, manifested in our bodies as a change of the body? All right. So I believe the promised son of the church is ready to give birth. Birth is to be, as Brother Bram said, and watch. You could just go on and on with those types. He said, I'm sure you all know what it is. And it is revelation or revealed word. Now, revealed word is what I'm calling passive faith. And passive faith is the essential or the major part. I didn't used to think so. I thought more you fasted, more you prayed, more you screamed, more you cast out devils, more you, more you had. But I found out that wasn't true. The more passive faith or true doctrine that you understand is the more that you're pleasing God and in harmony with the Word of God. Because God wants to be your protector and provider. He is your keeper. He is our master. He is our husbandry. He has everything to us. And like I said, He is not pleased unless He is doing it for us and through us. Watch. He said, I'm sure you know what it is. Now, there'll never be an impersonation of that. Of that what? The revelation of the seven seals of the seven thunders. There will never be an impersonation of what the symbolic language of the white horse rider, black horse rider, those seal, whatever more, knowing the souls under the altar, Eichmann, and the things he brought out, and the sixth seal, which we're in now, and its sixth seal is carrying out, which is a judgment in America, in the land, and all around the nation. We look at America under judgment. The whole world is under judgment. We got a problem. They say, oh, America's got a problem. America's got a problem. When we sneeze, everybody else gets pneumonia. Because remember, it's based on the dollar. I'm getting ahead of myself. But the dollar is going to be the issue that brings about the events and the condition that will cause for us with a revelation, resurrection, and rapture. Without this squeeze... God cannot squeeze a testimony out of us, which is a faith that pleases God. But the bride, he said, if you can get 10 people, we got 10 people. If you can get 10 people in one mind with the same voice or the same confession, the rapture would take place. Now, what are you saying, Brother Gil? Are we saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Everybody's saying, no. It's everybody understanding why he's doing it how he's doing it, that he's here doing it, and you are part of it, and our confession is in exact harmony with each other, which is the mind of Christ being expressed out of our mouth, confirming and establishing the Word of God, not only in ourselves, but against those that do not believe it. Because they reject truth, then basically they uh, can be taken out of the book, or basically then they're marked out here with the mark of the beast, which they cannot hear truth any longer. I believe that the condition that we're seeing now is only telling us that this cycle has begun 
And if it has begun, we looked over Revelation, that basically he that is filthy, let him be filthy still, righteous, righteous still. You will not see the church fill up because of the squeeze. The squeeze will not cause people to rush to the churches. Actually, it will basically more or less empty the churches per se because the squeeze is designed to bring the revealed word, the revelation given to the elected bride, bring them to a testimony that pleases God, which is true worship for the resurrection and the rapture. All right. I'm just saying what I believe and express that it is. All right, now. He said, now watch. Uh, see, it cannot be. In other words, you cannot impersonate it. Now, it's in existence. Well, God has always been in existence because the eternity the truth has always been truth. It wasn't truth found. It was truth got away from and restored back to. See, you're not going to restore truth. You're going to restore the revelation of truth. Truth has always been truth. God has always been God. The Word has always been the Word. You're not going to change the Word. The Word don't change. God doesn't change. But our understanding, we got away from it. Why? Because we were taught that it means something else. I got a little, I started to say illustration in your notes, illustration in my note. If you've been taught all your life, listen, if we've been taught all of our life, uh, the cow has four legs, got a long tail, it eats grass, it chews its cud, it redigests it, it swallows, it gills milk, and it goes moo. You've been taught all your life, that's what a cow is. And it was really a horse. There's no way I convince you that that cow is a horse or that horse is a cow. You will not be able to change your mind. That's the reason why you say they can't repent because they can't change their mind. Why can't they change their mind? Because they've been trained to think a certain way, trained to believe this is the truth, trained in the rituals, trained in what they should say, trained in their prayers, tra trained in Hail Mary, Mother God, on and on, chance, chance. They've been trained that their mind, and they cannot change their mind to the revealed word when it comes and manifests itself to them. Why couldn't the Pentecostals uh, change their mind from Jesus only? How come the Assemblies of God couldn't get away from the Trinitarian belief? The same Catholic dogma that come out of the darkness, they still hold on to it like a monkey holding to a gold coin. They can't change their mind. Why? Because they've been indoctrinated over and over and over and over. So they believe what they believe and they can't change their mind to the corrected word. Therefore, they are not a part of the word. And they are not a part of this submissive ordained faith because they can't receive it. And Jesus said there was nothing in them to receive it by. All right. He said it now. I've, I'm warned of this. This happened right now. At this time, it just happened. Watch. And that was the, basically the opening of the seal. So we could identify its presence among you. Well, we, I said, what about the first pull and second pull? What did that identify was among us? Now, Brother Branham understood this from the very beginning. Even though his ministry went through one pull, two pull, to a third pull, he understood what that ministry was all along. He said one time in 1965, knowing, knowing this and holding this all along, and now then I can give it forward. He understood he was Elijah. He understood Malachi 4. 
He understood the presence of God. He understood the appearing. He was told by an angel. He was pointing to a certain scripture. And basically when he come to Mark 11, the speaking of the word was the same word. And he spoke this world in existence, which completed his old understanding of the scripture. Meant exactly what he said. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He was that one chosen. And he knew then by that that his word was that element called revelation or revealed faith that is necessary for the rapture. Watch now. Uh, I'm warned of this now that soon, right at this time now, it just happened. Now watch. Which is the cloud, the seven seals, one or more. So it can identify his presence among you, that he's here. But it, the presence, the revelation, will not be used in a great way. In other words, the revelation of the seals, the revelation of the Godhead that we've argued over the last 30 years, and now they slowly took their camps. Revelation where the seals opened, this and that, what they meant. All these years, and now then it's shifted over in two groups. Basically this group, this group. We happen to be on the minority group. We believe they're open. We believe that they're revealed. We believe they're part of it, on and on. This group does not. It's still a mystery. They're waiting for Brother Brown to come back and complete it. We do not believe that. We believe that he completed here. It was given to us. We held to exactly what he said. And now then we understand and we know by revelation, revealed word to us, proving our predestination, proving our name was on the book, giving us the assurance of what God said and promised he's here to carry out. All right. Heard a big amen out there. Praise God. But it will not be used in a great way. In other words, it's not going to fill the church up. It's not going to be used to uh, have healing lines. We ought to be able to revelation, uh, understand that God is here. Have a prayer line, believing that He's here. Seeing the vindication of His presence. Seeing heal the sick, raise the dead, and all those things. Export, proving and vindicating that He was here. That the same word, the same God, same condition, same faith would have produced the same thing. And it will. Because that was what we call active faith in the mechanics of the word of God. You confess it. You act on it. You do it. And it will happen. Uh, see? You say, well, that's two different kinds of faith. No. It's not different, two different kinds of faith. It's exercising the faith and the faith maturing out to what it is, which is called a revelation. Now watch. So the revelation of the presence, I'll just put it that way. The revelation of the appearing, the revelation of the perusia of Christ. He said, now watch, until this council now, he's not going to the government. There has to be a government and a power behind it. We know that, which will be America. But he said, until this council of churches begins to tighten up. Now what are they going to tighten up? They're going to tighten up on your teaching. They're going to tighten up on your uh, liberty to preach. They're going to tighten up on cooperation standards. They're going to tighten up on the taxes. They're going to tighten up on how many members that you have in your church. And they're going to tighten up on two doctrines, Godhead and water baptism. That if you're not a Trinitarian, you do not baptize in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you're out of the faith, you're not recognized in the church, and therefore almost every independent church, including ours, will be completely shut down because we do not qualify as a church corporation in number or in tax status. So what we're seeing now is only a down payment of what will be. But don't <laughs> rejoice. It's got to happen. You've got to go to the cross and go to the grave to be able to resurrect. <laughs> We've got to go through the beginning to be able to overcome 
These things have got to happen. But remember, it does not say any um, physical elements. Persecution speaks of physical elements. We're not a part of the persecution. The bride will not be. If we go through the uh, persecution, then we're the church and we know that we'll have to die. The church will be hunted down like dogs. Brother Bram said they'll be, just take dogs like you're hunting squirrels or rabbits. They'll hunt down every believer and kill them. Now, what spirit or what atmosphere, what condition would have to con uh, exist now to cause people to hunt down, go to houses, open the doors, looking for the Christian? You will say, well, they'd have to be anti-Christian. Well, it must be Muslim or communist. It must be Russia. Well, most Russians are Catholics. Most communists are Catholics. All of them got a religion. And all the religion is going to be controlled by one group of people called the Council of Churches. And the Council of the Churches will have one man over it, which is called the false prophet, which is called Antichrist, which means anti-word, anti-revealed word. They will and have always tried to kill out the revelation given to the elect by God himself, starting with Cain and Abel. Why did Cain kill Abel? Because of his revelation that God give him without any works or anything on his own, but because he was the elected seed of Adam. Our persecution is going to come over the word. And until the pressure is put on us over the word, we will not have a testimony to please God to bring forth the... Well, let me just finish reading right here. But when that time comes... What he said now, uh, the council begins to tighten up, and when it does, when that does happen, watch the Pentecostals and so forth can almost impersonate anything can be done. Now he's talking about an active faith, our gifts, laws of God being used by confession, and an active faith to bring forth products. Money in your purse, car in your garage, new house, new car. Every one of them going preaching now. We're going to signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. And all you go see is dollar signs and wonder what he's going to preach about. Just like James and James withstood Moses, so will these also withstand the revealed truth. And Brother Branham in the rapture quoted Peter saying, Where is this promise of his perusia? Where is this revelation that's supposed to be given to us by the opening of the seven seals. Our revelation of one God and one only begotten Son with water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of sins is the key to salvation. It is the mystery. It is a passive faith and received only by the elect of God. He said, now watch. But when that time comes, that council of churches come, it'll come by a condition, and we'll look at that later in the study. When the squeeze comes down, so the squeeze will be a condition that will have to exist for this to take place, and it deals with the economy. The economy is the key. When that squeeze or that condition comes down, then you will see what you've seen temporarily, 
temporarily to me would be from the seals on or in his ministry. You've seen it temporarily. You've seen it by the squirrels. You've seen it by five different things. What you've seen temporarily to me would be the headship of Christ. A man under complete control of the Holy Ghost. Don't go here. Go here. Don't run from that storm. Walk up in the face of the storm. On and on. In other words, what you saw was a man under the control of revelation faith. Under the sovereign control with a submissive spirit called the faith of God. To do and to say exactly what God wanted him to say and do. Watch. What you've seen temporarily in that ministry given to us. Be manifested in the fullness of its power. Now there's where the Pentecostals in the message has gone bonkers. Oh great praise God. We're going to speak the world. We're going to speak hamburgers. We're going to speak this. We're going to, on and on. We're going to speak. We're going to speak. We're going to speak. How are you going to speak squirrels in existence when you can't even have a confession that pleases God? When you can't even say that I know that he's here by vindication. Then where is it that's going to back up what you speak? To my opinion. Which doesn't mean too much. Be manifested in the fullness of his power. The fullness of the power of the presence of God. Will be resurrection. And the change of our body. That will be the fullness of our revelation. Manifested. The manifestation of the third pull, which is a revelation of the revealed word or the revealed God. The manifestation is not, that is not you doing exploits, which God can do what he wants to do. But that's not the major point. It is that revelation manifesting itself. What is the manifestation that I believe he's here to resurrect and to change my body? Resurrection and the change of the body. What have I got to do with that? Only believe and confess that he's here to do it no matter what the circumstances. I've got through the paragraph. Now I can start my sermon. Let's, let's go. I think that's long enough to introduction one. So the squeeze would actually speak to me. Now this made me take about three or four parts. If I had a full congregation, it might take a month. The squeeze will actually speak of a condition that will squeeze out of us that which has been revealed to us as he did in Abraham. And as we look at Abraham, we see that there was no power of exploits that Abraham done, but he had a passive faith. He had what Brother Bradham called revelation. It was revealed to him by God himself. He had a knowing and a trusting God to keep his word. Now, I started saying your notes again, but you don't have notes. We're going to find and pick up in our next lesson that basically Abraham's faith, and I said it before, it's an eternal destiny concept. An eternally, eternal destiny concept of God's plan that he's going to do. Watch that. I'll read this quote and we'll, we'll close this morning. I think that's long enough. Watch. Brother Van said, people has misunderstood me. Christian friends, I'm misunderstood today. 
I've tried to make it just as plain as I can, yet in all of it, there's no way at all for me to get it to the people. It's got to be a revelation. Now, we've heard that over and over and over. What is he trying to get across? He said, it's got to be a revelation coming from God to understand it. Now, he's telling me that if I can only hear what the prophet said, that mystery of God that the prophet brings out that is vindicated, it takes God to open my understanding to believe that. And without God bringing me to it, I will never understand it fully and trust that it will come to pass in my life. Therefore, I will not confess it. I won't talk about it. I may listen to it. I may mentally ascend that it sounds right. But I will not embrace it for me and say, I am Abraham, or I am Nesta, I am the bride. And I'm going to have a son, which to us is, I'm going to have a body change. And this is the hour. This is the condition that we see around us. Churches are empty, just like he said. It's being fulfilled simpler than he said. It's in simplicity, and the economy will control it all. But it must be revealed to us. And I think he's talking about God to him and his ministry. Watch now. In 1955, he said, what is it? He said, a revelation. What is faith? It is God by the Spirit revealing to you something that He's going to do or He's promised you. What is a revelation? It is the Spirit of God that is here. And I believe that He's here. Revealing to us. His presence, His appearing, the day of the Lord, the seals, the thunders, on and on we could go. And what He's going to do, as He promised He would do, way back through the Apostle Paul, in that hour you shall not all sleep, but those our lives shall be changed. He is here to do that. And this squeeze out here, this economic crisis we got on, will slowly get worse and worse and cause the condition to give the power of this beast of revelation rise up as the power of Rome to cause the resurrection and the rapture and then the persecution will take place in the natural. So we're going to look at that. We'll pick it up next week. Why the, well I should move, why the rapture? We'll get to the scriptures and basically it is to bring us to the fruitation of the fullness of joy that only revelation of God would produce. Randy, you want to come up and sing us a song we can produce. So we're looking at why the squeeze. The squeeze is to bring or squeeze us and put us under a pressure that what we already are, what we already have, will be pressured out of our mouth as a testimony or a confession of the revealed faith that has sustained us, called us, and made us one with the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. Amen. Wherever you're at, you ought to be able to look around to someone and say, when you see me, you see the Father. I believe it. I believe God is here. This is a part of it. This is God's steps of faith. But the end product is, will be a resurrection and a rapture of the church. It is time. Our redemption is here. 
You already have everything that you need. We need a passive, submissive faith to the headship of the Word of God and let God finish it up for us. Amen? Amen. Let's say something this morning. I don't know how long it's been. I can't keep up with the time. Amen. Well, it's been long enough. It's almost 12. What are we going to say, friend? Don't give up. Someone. All right. Don't give up.